Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Jennifer, the founder of Soul Language, and this is Ask and Answered by Soul. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with tangible tools to embody your divinity and create a life based on freedom. Each podcast is focused on a topic that will guide you to listening and utilizing your essential nature. During each show, I ask an expert three key questions so you can understand that you're not alone on this journey, that your soul is the key to forming a life full of abundance, purpose, and passion. The goal of each interview is for you to take away a practice that you can do right now to change your life and understand what assistance is out there in the universe to support you. And today we are talking with Catherine Pomerantz and we're talking about how to create sustainable wealth. She's an actress turned accountant, has capitalized on her artistic background to create money storytelling, a mindset and accounting tool that helps business owners find creative fulfillment and sustainable wealth. She firmly believes that every creative idea has the ability to change the world if given the right financial support and opportunity. She lends a virtual accounting firm. She leads a virtual accounting firm at the Bookkeeping Artist, and her expertise has been featured on by Vice Media, Discover Card, The Penny Hoarder, and the Stacking Benjamins podcast. She loves yoga, walking dogs, and throwing rad birthday parties. I want to know about that part. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Hello. I always like to include fun facts in my bio and everyone is always like, well, tell me about those birthday parties. I know. I love that. But let me start with my first question, which is, what is your soul shared with you throughout your lifetime? Oh, this is such a beautiful question. I think that my soul is a free spirit. And so I think that my soul is constantly telling me that I don't have to do things the way other people do them. And I can trust what I want. And I can trust that I can get what I want. (laughs) Sounds like, sounds like what soul would say. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love this that every creative idea with financial support and opportunity, and I would say belief has the ch- the chance to be successful. How do we create our, I, I, how do we go from an idea to sustainable wealth? I know that's a very big question, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is sort of a big question. And I think that, you know, my, my word is creative because of my background as an artist. But I think for your audience, we could even say, how does your soul ideas, like every soul idea is possible with the right sort of financial foundation. And I think that that's one of the things to start with in exploring this question is that sustainable wealth is wealth that works independently of us. And so in order to do this work, the first thing that we have to do is we have to give ourselves permission to own our power and to own the power that money gives us. A lot of times when we're dealing with disordered money stories, when we really get down into it with my clients, we're dealing with a a disordered, um, well, disordered sort of unfair, but a uh, a belief, an unsustainable belief belief that they are not powerful. Yeah, that they are not powerful or that to be powerful means to exercise your power over other people or to basically put others down. There's so many systemic issues that keep certain groups of people from having wealth. And that has certainly been true historically and continues today, but the opportunity to have wealth is more accessible than it has ever been for all of human history. Both of those things are true at the same time. And so while it is true that There are real systemic issues and I'm not just like trying to sweep all of that under the rug. Of course, it is also true that you have ownership and power in every situation and that you can claim. Yeah. And 
Money is just a resource from source, right? Yes. Yes. That's really, really beautifully said. And so that is how, when I think about sustainable wealth, I think about shedding the idea that I have to work hard. I think about shedding the idea that I have to deserve it. I think about shedding the idea that I somehow have to be magically valuable or moral or perfect enough in order to achieve my success and success for better or worse is often tied with some sort of monetary outcome because we're often asking people to buy from us or to pay us more if you're not a business owner, right? And in return for that flow of money, we are then putting that money to work. And this is really the secret is that when you are open to receiving like grandly, right? Like this, this massive amount of, yes, wealth flow to me because I recognize that this is neutral and I am telling a story with it. I am also going to give it jobs. I am also going to tell money what it can do to support my big goals, my soul vision, if you will, my, my desires for my ideal lifestyle, my, um, and my ideal outcomes for legacy and and all that. Mm -hmm. And just, just as a side, everyone, those things that Catherine was talking about shedding, those are true for anything you want to create, <laughs> right? Yes. You know, well, you can use these tools to create anything. Money tends to be a hot button because there's so much wrapped around it, icky sticky around it, tied up with it. There seems to be a lot of humanness around this resource of source that isn't true. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to create this sustainable wealth foundation and belief and energetic relationship with money, then you have to understand where you're telling the opposite story with money because money doesn't have free will. It operates on your will and your direction. So Catherine, what big questions have you been asking yourself lately? Big questions I've been asking myself recently is not to be on brand or too on the nose, but it has to do with money in that I have had my first child. She's almost two. And my husband and I are just up leveling our lifestyle. When, of course, when you get a kid, it's like, oh, so that means we need a bigger house and a bigger thing. And we ended up moving from a very small town into Houston, which is the fourth largest city in America. So without like, I usually try to be very intentional with my money and I was intentionally embracing this up level, but I didn't realize I would also double my living expenses at the same time. And so because of my own background with money, that that activated a lot of things, that activated a lot of things that made this feel unsafe. And so even though I say it to everybody else who's listening, we we create the tools we most need ourselves. I have been exploring and leaning into it is safe to spend this much money it is safe to deploy this much money towards things that I want that aren't just saving and investing money to allow it to make more of itself. Because I know that that's the way to sustainable wealth is put money to work to creating more money. And so just upping my expenses feels bad and wrong. And I was surprised that it, well, I shouldn't have been, but I was when I hit this level, but I'm like, ah, hello, old friends. I remember you money stories. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> Let's explore these. Yeah. And that's the truth with anything. Like it's just showing us where we feel separate. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think people, when they're kind of, you know, moving, they hit a new level, they get to a plateau situation. The soul goes, Hey, let's have more, let's experience more goodness. And then everything comes up again. 
And and we hear the same thing from people like, oh, I got to work on this again. Yes. You mm-hmm. have to work on that again. You can't eradicate. It's not, it's a different level. It's a different way of interacting. It's just showing you where your relationship with divinity can use some tender care. And I think so often, you know, when we get slammed or hit with it, we, we move into judgment and let's make our lives a lot easier by like letting go of a judgment, having compassion for ourselves and really pausing and going, okay, let's do some deep reflection. Like how far have we come? I, I was taking a shower this morning and uh, I was talking to uh, a woman who, who has this amazing tool when it comes to vision boards about how I was one year, couple, 10 years ago, I was pulling all these, uh, like my whole vision board that I was doing a class with, when I looked down at everything I pulled, it was all bathrooms. And I realized like I hated my bathroom and I literally moved one house over. And this morning I was standing into my, in my shower going, now I like this bathroom, but I think I could do better. Like, mm. like, but just pausing and going, look how far I've come. And I don't think, you know, that's not gratitude. And yes, it is gratitude, but that's about reflection. And it's also about going, wow, I've been practicing and I can practice more and really seeing it from a training perspective rather than a, why I'm not not great at this. You're not supposed to be great about this. You're supposed to be evolving. And that takes practice and training. Yeah. It's why the methodology that we use is called the money storyteller method. I literally use the hero's journey. I literally use my storytelling tools from my background as an actress and as a performer, because your backstory is always your backstory and heroes have to go through tough things. That's what makes them heroes. That's what makes our story interesting. And it helps me release the shame that you're talking about to come at it from that kind of like I, a, it lets me take a step, step back because I'm just a storyteller, but it also makes it a little bit more fun, right? But, I get to, I get to think about slaying dragons with swords. Now, obviously like fantasy, but if you're not a fantasy person, you could think about whatever genre of story you like, but right. you can be the hero. That's fun. Like yeah. you're supposed to, your backstory is, you're supposed to carry it with you, carry it forward. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I, I did a, uh, movie and song transformational class and I talked about, you know, your origin story and, and what the origin story is for the hero and what's your origin story. And, you know, so often we're focusing on, you know, all of the parts that we want to kind of improve and not loving those parts. Because when we love our whole, that allows a a smoother ride through that evolutionary process. So um, when you are creating sustainable wealth for yourself and others, is there, you know, a tool or a tip or a baby step that people can start to do to kind of make those steps forward? Yes. Yeah. So we've talked so much about the internal way that money affects us, right? Our money stories, the stuff that we bring to these relationships. I think the other element that we're missing, if I could give people the whole thing in 10 minutes is the external. How does money work? Because a lot of the times we believe things about money that just aren't true. 
And if we want to put money to work for us so that we don't have to work hard, so that it makes more of itself, so that it does the jobs we assign it, that we get more of what our soul wants, that we get more money, that we can help more people, all of those beautiful, very values aligned things, we need to make sure we understand what money is. And the way that I always teach this to my people is I call it the let money mindset, let, because we want to let money work for us. So it helps us remember it. And these are the three specific things about money that are the true things about money that help us reframe how we should be using it in our lives. And the first for the L is language. Money is a language. There is jargon. There are terms to learn. You don't have to be fluent. There are also translators, like with every language. If you want to go out and explore it, there are accountants, there are financial planners. There are so many coaches who can help you learn the language of money, but we do need to learn to speak to our money. We do need to spend time communicating with our money and listening to what it's telling us. It's one of my favorite soul tools. It tells me very truthful things. And then the second letter E is energy. Money is always in motion. It cannot sit still. A lot of times we're feeling the pain of money because we're believing the lie that we can hold money still and hold it with us. Inflation is a big financial buzzword in 2023 while we're recording this. And inflation is the idea that even if your money is sitting still as cash, it's losing value because of the rate at which they print money, which is a wild thing when you think about it, but it just goes to show that your money is an energy source. It cannot sit still. Even if it's sitting in a bank, it's losing value. Or even if it's sitting in the bank, the bank is reinvesting it to make more of its own value. So feed money's energy. Let it create more of itself. Learn its language. Learn where you can put it to work. And then that brings us to the T. Money is teammate. I use teammate instead of a tool because I don't like the idea of working hard. (laughs) A tool needs to be leveraged. It needs your effort. A teammate works hard for you. It also uh, acknowledges all of that emotional background we were just talking about. So learn money's language, learn to communicate with it effectively, feed its energy and assign it clear jobs so the money can show up like your teammate. That's the fastest tip for reframing the way that money should be used and felt and thought about in your own life. I love it. Um, as we're wrapping up today, how can people get more of your goodness? Oh, that's so generous. Thank you for asking. You can always find me at my website. That's katherinepomerantz.com. Catherine with a K, Pomerantz with a Z. I have a quiz there that if you're interested in exploring your own money story and having some quick tips about how to maybe reframe it or reapply it, the quiz will be right there. It's katherinepomerantz.com slash quiz. Beautiful. So my last question is, if you were a magnet on whatever you call your higher powers refrigerator, what would your magnet say? Oh, you always get what you want. (laughs) I like it. It's a great magnet. Catherine, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. This is so fun. Everyone, you've been listening, of course, to Ask and Answered by Soul. I am Jennifer Rizzio, who's currently losing her voice. I'm talking too much, everyone. If you're interested in learning about the answers of your soul and your purpose, you can log on to themissofpurpose.com and get my free guide. And don't forget, please feel free to share this podcast with your community, leave a comment or contact me directly. But most importantly, reach out to these people because you will not be sorry. All right, everyone. Bye for now. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators 
trying to remember when we were cool. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. 